0: Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. All right, let's just dive right into this then, man. Um, I may have used this title before in a teaching, but faith over fear just is the word that, that came to me when I was studying this. And I don't know what you've been relying on Um that's got you lying down. Sometimes the very thing that we rely on, or the very thing that um, we we um, escape to, we could be enslaved by. I've said that before. And there's seasons for everything in life. It might have had or served its purpose, but maybe God is calling you to get up, take up your mat, and walk. <laughs> you know, maybe we need to get off of certain things, take them with us, and go. Uh, I don't know if you felt that. Maybe, um, maybe you feel that others have been carrying you in some way, and you've been really dependent on others but God is calling you to another level to step out from maybe being a young man to becoming a father, right? And I don't know, there might be, I think we can all agree there's probably at least one or two limitations in our life that that God is using or wants to use to help us to be healed and to heal others that are going through a hurting time. So the question for us today is, at what level or what is it going to take for us to truly stand? To stand on the Word of God, and to stand where he's called us in this season? What's it going to take to to walk through the crowd so that we can get to and actually touch Christ? You know, what's that crowd that's been in your way or the pressure that you've been facing that God is calling you through so that you can keep your eyes on Christ despite the things that you think have been limiting you or holding you back or despite your fears? But you know what? It's going to take faith. It's going to take faith over fear. So the first verse I wanted to look at was verse 2. And we got a lot of confirmation in that. I like that. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child. It wasn't written in monotone. Be encouraged, my child. No. Be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. So the first point is forgiveness over fear. Forgiveness, it starts with forgiveness. Seeing their faith. How do you see faith but without action? We pursue things with the possibility of a miracle. The real key is pursuing the person with the faith that will move you forward. That person is Jesus. You're not pursuing a system. You're pursuing the spirit. You, you, you with me? You're like, well, if I could just follow this method, then maybe I'll see the Messiah. No, no, just go after him. Follow him. Hey, come, Matthew, follow me. Pursue him. The stuff will follow the source. And what does he offer us but forgiveness? In Hebrews 11, one says that faith is the evidence of things hoped for, yet not seen, right? Seeing their faith, seeing their faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, yet not seen. That is why faith without works is dead. There has to be an action towards your faith. He sees the man coming, carrying the man on the mat. He sees their faith. They haven't yet received their miracle, but they're in motion. Are you in motion for your miracle? Or are you just waiting for it to fall upon you? Not in my notes. What have you hoped for lately that you have not seen? Then what motion are you taking to get your miracle? Where are you walking? Whom are you walking to? And 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Faith will take you further in fear. Your sins are are forgiven. It's time to get off your mat, men, and walk. Pick it up and walk. Why do you pick up the mat? Because the mat is the truth of the testimony. The mat is the evidence. This is where I once was I no longer am anymore, And that's why the enemy has tried to use your scars from the past when God actually wants to use those scars to reveal his healing. Are you with me? He says, well, I don't want people to know what I've been through or, or those horrible things that I've done. But you know what? Your test turned into a testimony. If, you, if People can relate if you show them, hey, I went through the mess. This is my message because of what Jesus has done in my life. Just like when Rick got to share a part of his testimony at the Joshua house this week, men came flocking to him because they're like, well, if, they, if God can do that with Rick, then God can do that with me, right? So pick up your mat and walk. Even Jesus wears his scars today for you and for me, not just for Thomas, of evidence of what he's been through and the healing that we have because of his scars. So what have you been lying on that you need to pick up and walk with? We are God's children and he is calling us out of discouragement and telling us to be encouraged. Because why? Our sins are forgiven. You are no longer a slave to your sin. You are set free. We need to get up and walk in forgiveness and walk as sons and daughters of the most high King, my child at times, because of fear uh, we may make agreements and we may put our trust in other things. We may place them above God. Those things such as could be money, could be work, could be even relationships, things that have caused us to stumble into sin because it's not a it's not poor intention but it's misdirection it's misplaced priority let's be honest that's why even david says search my heart O lord search me it's easy to slip into those things we started off in the right direction you had great intention and along the way you didn't realize it but you slipped into the four deadly d's right he became divided and we have to put we have to keep the main thing the main thing we got to keep putting God first. We got to keep going after him. We got to go to him. We got to go through the crowd. We got to go to him. We got to keep our eyes on him if I can only I can touch the hem of his garment. If only I can leave behind my work and follow God's will and his way. 2 Corinthians 6:16 says, "And what union can there be between God's temple and idols?" For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. An idol is anything that we put before God. We have received the grace, we have received forgiveness, and we have received the forgiveness of all of our sins. We are called daily, though, men, to have a spirit of repentance. Daily. Daily. Forgiveness is our sins Forgive us, Lord, of our sins as we forgive others who trespass against us. Fear withholds forgiveness. That's what fear does. Fear withholds forgiveness unless the fear is the fear of the Lord. Any other fear will withhold our forgiveness. For God is love and perfect love drives out all fear. My fear is withholding unforgiveness in my heart and missing out on the forgiveness of God. That's my fear. In my heart. Unless we forgive in our heart. It's easy to forgive with your words. That's the first step. But in my heart. Matthew six fourteen to 15 says, For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. So where do I need to repent and where do I need to forgive? If something comes to your mind right now, write it down. Put it on paper. I'm sure you could fill those two little, two or three and a half lines, whatever they are on your page, with things that you could ask for forgiveness today. But if there's something that keeps coming up again and again and again, that maybe you've forgiven with your words, but it's time to forgive it with your heart. In verse 4, Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? It is easy to say, is it is easy to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk. The religious leaders witnessed a miracle but missed the Messiah because of the evil beliefs in their heart. Have you ever struggled to be happy for others? Have you ever struggled to be happy for others when it comes to them being blessed, or even being healed. That sounds so ridiculous, but it happens all the time. Maybe it's someone close to you that, you know, you love and you can understand, but it's when you've been waiting on a certain miracle and yours hasn't come yet, and, you, oh, yeah, we got a yep, we got one or two yeps. And you're like, God, you know, oh, I want to be happy for them, but I thought it was my turn. I can remember when Aiden came into this world and it took forever and we were in line at the hospital, our first son, you know, like you get in there and you're just full of uh, all this excitement because you don't have to actually pass that baby through your body. You know, you just get to wait for that present to come through. And I remember coming in there and, you know, getting in the room, getting set up and I'd hear other babies being born into the world and crying. And I'm like thinking, ho ho, we're next. I thought it was in a certain order because we were there and then, you know, because we were there next, we'd be the next delivery. No, it's not the way it works. Hours go by. Hours. We're into the next day goes by. Baby after baby that has come before. We were there before them. (laughs) My wife has been laboring and aid is not coming out. And you think I should be so happy. I was when the first one came through. I was happy for them because I thought I was next. Oh, praise God, they got their baby, they got their miracle, they got their deliverance. (laughs) My I'm next. But then what happens when you're not next? When it doesn't come in your time, but it comes in God's time. Can you still celebrate? When you've sown your seed, and you've sacrificed, and you've given, can you still celebrate those that are just coming in? It's like the workers of the harvest, where the, where the owner sends out the workers. I don't know if you ever heard the story. But the, work, the, the owner sends out the workers the beginning of the day, and at the end of the day, it's the very end of the day, the last hour, he sends out the workers. When it comes to everybody getting paid, everybody gets paid the same. Right? It's like the kingdom of God. And those that had, were there first, and they had given up all that stuff and put in all the labor and vain, like, hey, how come? You know, when that, when he started, when the master first started to hand out the pay for those that came at the end of the day, those that came first thought, well, if theirs is the same as ours, ours must be more, but it wasn't. But can we still celebrate? Can we still celebrate the miracle in the midst of that? You see, sin separates us from God and it separates us from others. Sin. Sin is what separates us from God and others. When hurt and bitterness take root in our heart, we develop a spirit of offense. We literally put fences up between us and others. The religious leaders were used to everyone coming to them, okay? Asking them for guidance, bringing their sacrifices to the religious leaders. For the forgiveness of sin. You see, they had a method that involved them being in control and them having the power. And we can easily become offended when we seek to be served instead of seeking to serve others. Verse 13, then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. And, and then it says, I want you to show mercy. Not offer sacrifices. See the connection. Their whole method was on the, the sacrifices, and he's talking about even old, you know, putting new wine in old wineskins. You don't do that. They're having a hard time, you know. Like, hey, how come you're not operating in the same way we're operating, Jesus? And he's got these new disciples, new wineskins, and he wants to put a new way of doing things in them. And he says, you know what? If I were to pour this new wine in old wineskins into an old way, it would just burst. I'm doing something new. Go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call, not those who think, I like that, not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. We know that we are made righteous through Christ. And Hosea Hosea 6, 6.6 says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. How many times in our relationships with our children or even with our spouse that we're just, you know, we're working hard, we're offering these sacrifices, and they just, Dad, I just want your love. I just, that's all I want. I don't have to prove anything to me. boys, I, I just want you to love one another. <laughs> I want you to fight amongst each other. Yes, you're hardworking men. And I'm proud of you. I just want your love. Number two is compassion over comparison. It seems to be a common theme lately. I don't know if you noticed it, but we have a desire to be honored and receive honor, but we can't be honored until we are humbled. You ever heard the saying that there is no win in comparison? The comparison trap. It's a trap. (laughs) It's a trap that causes you to compromise. Comparison is a trap that will cause you to compromise. And we compromise on our call when we fail to show compassion. Jesus wants to show mercy toward us to show mercy towards others more than seeking compassion. our own reputation. you see the religious method involved bringing sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. The religious leaders were offended by Christ's methods even as a rabbi. he's a rabbi. he himself and they were compar- they were comparing Jesus's rights according to their own. whoa, look out. Now the sacrificial lamb, Jesus, is saying, I'm the sacrifice, I demand, you show mercy. I'm the sacrifice, you show mercy. Mercy in the biblical meaning is forgiveness. That's the biblical meaning of mercy, forgiveness. In Hebrew, it also means to show pity and, and compassion. Pity and compassion. But the biblical definition of mercy is Forgiveness. So, where have you been caught in comparison instead of showing compassion? Think of it, write it down. God the Father showed mercy on us when he sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross to pay the price for our sins. In verse 22, Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, there it is again, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well, and the woman was healed at that moment point three is encouragement over entitlement encouragement when you feel a sense of entitlement move into encouragement when you feel a sense of comparison move into compassion it's like what we used to say when you feel a sense of that you need to control get creative allow others to create daughter be be encouraged Don't feel encouraged. Be encouraged. In the beginning, Jesus encourages the paralyzed man and calls him again his child. Again, Jesus is about to perform a miracle, and he does these two things. You caught that? He makes sure that we know our true identity to him, in him. And he asks us to be encouraged in the face of conflict. So our miracle is in A, our identity in him, and B, to be encouraged. A, our identity in him, and B, to be encouraged. The biblical definition of encouragement is to inspire with courage, spirit or hope. Encourage in the Hebrew word also means to strengthen, invigorate, hearten, stimulate, energize, stretch, or spur. Which one of those words stand out to you? Where could you stretch when it comes to encouraging others? And then, of course, the beautiful verse in verse 24 and 25, Andrew shared with us. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. The spirit of mockery. You know, the Bible talks about being naive, foolish, and a mocker. That's the worst place you can be. Naive is you just don't even know. Yeah, I was naive. Foolish, you know, but you do it anyway, like, like kind of like a dog going back to his own vomit. Mocker, you know it's wrong, you do it anyway, and you mock others. The crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. Get out! <laughs> Who said it? Doubt, get out! Coach Vince. Some of us aren't dead. We're just sleeping. We need a true awakening. Jesus said, get out. We need to tell disbelief or anything that goes against the word of God to get out. I'll say that again I don't think we all got it. We need to tell disbelief and anything that goes against the word of God to get out. You take every thought captive to the obedience of the word to Christ. If you're ever uncertain, go to the Word. What does the Word say? Is this lifting us up? Is this building us up? Is this edifying the church? I hope so. And Jesus is telling us to stand up, to pick up our mat, and to walk, and we can no longer surround ourselves with the disbelief, with discouragement, or distraction. Then Jesus says, your faith has made you well. It's safe to say that fear will make you sick and faith will make you well. Scientists have even proven it. Stress, anxiety, 90% of heart disease. They knew that before the COVID mentality. Spirit of fear was there before the COVID mentality. It just brought out something that was already in people and caused them to focus on the wrong thing as opposed to focusing on Christ but not for, all, not for all of us. We've seen many miracles happen because of that. Has forced, forced us to put our trust in the Lord and put him first and strengthen us. It has forced us to go beyond a program and focus on the person that is Jesus. It has forced us to stand on the word of God and not the worries and the words of this world. It was Jesus seeing the faith in the man that brought the paralyzed friend from relying on his mat to relying on his maker. It was faith over fear of the religious leaders and the customs that led the woman through the crowd in touching Christ. Because of her condition, she would have had to be away from everyone. Can you imagine what it must have been like for that woman? The fear she must have faced to not go close to the crowd, but through the crowd. Everyone would have known who that woman was. And how many people did she have to pass through the way that were like, oh, oh. I can't believe she's here. And she just kept her eyes on Jesus. All the murmuring, she kept her eyes on Jesus. She's like, does she not know she's not supposed to be here? She kept her eyes on Jesus. And she just walked through the crowd until she could touch his garment. It was faith over fear that led to forgiveness for the blind man so that they could see It was faith over fear that led Matthew away from his work to the will of God. It was faith over fear that caused the demons to flee so that the demon-possessed man could be set free and speak again. The enemy continues to try to silence you to tell you that you are less than what you are worth. Speak out. Speak up the word of God. Place encouragement in others. When you get frustrated, tell that disbelief where to go. Call it out. So not in here. Not in this house. Mm -mm, Not in here. Don't even tolerate. Don't tolerate it in your home. Don't tolerate it in your position in your workplace. You have been appointed and anointed. You have been given position. Don't tolerate doubt, fear, anything that comes against the word of God. Don't tolerate it. Speak truth and life. And people will see that light come out of you, even though you walk through the darkness. You'll have the light of life. It is faith over fear that shows us the importance of relationship over religion. Faith. Jesus is calling. Jesus is near. Jesus is telling us to have faith over fear. Lord, again, we thank you for your scripture today. Thank you for revealing it to us, Holy Spirit, through these men as they shared your word, they shared their hearts. Lord, you see where they're at, but most importantly, you see where they're called to be. You see where they're going. You see our innermost thoughts and our innermost being. Lord, thank you for giving us this opportunity to give us insight and both foresight in what you're calling us to and what you're calling us through. Lord, help us to see our identity in you and to know that we are your children. And that we would act like your children. And that we would represent you well. So others would know you because of our love for one another. May we be known by that love. Give us now the boldness. Give us now, Lord, the humility. To ask for forgiveness. To honor one another. And to honor you